It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From Equity Mates Media, this is The Dive. I'm your host, Sasha Kelly. The Australian Securities and Investment Commission, ASIC for short, has just brought forward its first ever greenwashing case in Australia. It's accused Mercer Superannuation of misleading customers about its Sustainable Plus Fund, one of its many superannuation investment options. The Sustainable Plus options were marketed as suitable for members who were described as deeply committed to sustainability because they excluded investments in companies involved in carbon-intensive fossil fuels, alcohol production and gambling. But ASIC alleges that's far from what Mercer actually did. So while for now these are just accusations, it could be the tip of the iceberg when it comes to a crackdown on greenwashing in Australia. The Australian Competition Watchdog recently completed a sweep of companies' environmental claims and they found 57% of companies they looked at made misleading statements about their climate action and other behaviour. It's Friday the 10th of March and today I want to know the extent of the allegations against Mercer. And are we about to discover this is just the tip of the iceberg? To talk about this today, I'm joined by Darcy Cordell. Darcy, welcome to The Dive. Hey, Sasha. Thanks for having me. I'm always fascinated by greenwashing cases because I do think it seems to be what's greenwashing for you, what's ethical for me, such vast variety as in what those answers could be. So it's a difficult one to kind of pinpoint, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And that's why we got in an expert today. I spoke with Hannah Wooten from the Australian Financial Review and she told us all about this case. So first question for you, Hannah, what actually is greenwashing? Top line, it's essentially if you've got a business, a company, what have you, make some promises on how green or sustainable or ethical its products are, but doesn't deliver. Do you know what you're buying does what it promises? Well, calls to stop so-called greenwashing are growing. So this could be through their marketing. It could be making claims about their own practices, for example, saying they're getting to net zero. Or in the case of superannuation, as we've seen in this case, it can be claims about their investment strategy. And greenwashing is in focus because of the increasing popularity of sustainable and ESG investment products. How much has this sustainable investment space actually grown over the past decade or so? Oh, it's absolutely booming. It's it, it's hard to put a set number on it because what what you view as sustainable is sort of inherently subjective. Um, so what one sort of group that measures these things says is an ethical investment, another one may not. I did read last week that the Responsible Investment Association of Australasia says that this investment market's increased 20% in 2021 to take it to a record $1.5 trillion. So whatever metric you throw at it, that's still very big. Yeah, it is really interesting to see what some people see as ethical, others don't. What some people see as sustainable, others don't. And Tesla's a case that we've seen recently that causes a lot of debate. 
Yeah, and I think that's also where it gets a bit difficult because ESGs become so wrapped up in the idea of what is ethical and it's easy to forget that, you know, ESG has three limbs and what may be environmentally sound, point at Tesla, may not be sound from a social sense. So it it really depends what, what you're looking at specifically. And to be honest, you, you'd be doing well to find a lot of investments that tick every box. So it sort of depends on what you prioritise. So Hannah, this is the first time that the Australian Securities and Investment Commission has taken a company to court alleging greenwashing. Can you explain what Mercer superannuation has been accused of? Yeah, so it, is, it, it touches on a few things that I said can constitute greenwashing. So essentially, they've been accused of misleading customers about and members about what their Sustainable Plus Fund, which is sort of their, their formal name for their ethical fund, actually invests in. So when you look at the marketing material around that fund and the information it has on the website, it claims it excludes companies that were involved in carbon-intensive fossil fuels, in producing alcohol and in gambling. But then when ASIC sort of drilled into where the investments actually were, they had 15 carbon-intensive stocks. They had AGL Energy, BHP, Glencore, Whitehaven Coal, all the big names. Uh, in the alcohol-producing and gambling sectors, they covered 34 companies, which, you know, it included Tabcor, Carlsberg, Heineken, had Crown Resorts. It, it, it had companies that arguably shouldn't be in an ethical fund for more than just their gambling activity. Mm. So it's in, in that sense, it's pretty straightforward in that they can say, this is what you told consumers and members. It seems that was misleading, allegedly, because this is where you've actually had money. It's pretty remarkable seeing some of those holdings that they have. But how have Mercer Superannuation responded to these accusations? And how do you think that the case might affect their nearly 300,000 members? To start with, have to sort of clarify that at this point, these are just allegations. But any company, when you ask them about accusations that are in court, sort of cite the fact that it's inappropriate to comment given the cases before the court. There's there's absolutely no legal restriction on them doing so. It's just a good line. But uh, someone from Mercer has confirmed that they've cooperated with ASIC's investigation. They've said that they're sort of considering the watchdog's concerns, um, but yeah, declined to comment further while the cases before the courts. It's hard to know how this could affect their membership. Uh, of those roughly 300,000, it would be a minority in the Sustainable Plus Fund. And, you know, if these accusations stack up, they could get hit with fines, there could be a settlement, but realistically, Mercer super oversees $27.5 billion in assets. It's probably not going to be a huge financial hit. There's more of a question, I think, about what this does reputationally to them. Market forces recently reported that eight of 11 major super fund sustainable investment options were potentially misleading customers. Is Mercer just the tip of the iceberg? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, sort of, and, and I say that having seen the market forces research, but obviously not done it myself. But uh, it's it's not just superannuation funds that are getting stuck here. Greenwashing has been the focus of several um, regulators, both here and abroad. Talking to ASIC, they're also saying that their focus is, is going to go beyond just what investments these funds are in. Um, these funds themselves are making commitments about when they get to net zero across their portfolios and for their businesses themselves. So that's beyond just what their ethical and sustainable options are. There's also another 
sort of an, another category of potential greenwashing around how they engage with the coal companies or what have you that they're invested in. Uh, there was a bit of furore a couple of years ago now from memory for Unisuper, who turned out to be invested in some fossil fuel companies and its members didn't like that. And part of Unisuper's argument was that they're in a better position to change what that may how those companies may operate by having a substantial holding and a seat at the table if you will than if they just weren't invested but ASIC has flagged that whether they use that seat at the table as promised and not Unisuper specifically but funds in general uh, could also be somewhere where we start to see greenwashing cases but look the ACCC just yesterday flagged that greenwashing was an enforcement priority for them this year. It's clearly something that ASIC is really looking at and ASIC has said that they're working with APRA on it. So I don't think there's any doubt that, yeah, there is a lot more to come here. We'll be back with more from our chat with Hannah after the break. Many of us want to do what we can to slow the effects of climate change. And as a consumer, it means choosing products that are better for the environment. Welcome back to The Dive. Today, Darcy is speaking with Hannah Wooten about the allegations of greenwashing against Mercer superannuation. Let's get back to his conversation now. So Hannah, this comes in the context of a global crackdown on greenwashing. Recently, the SEC in America included environmental claims in their fund name rule. And in Germany, we saw Deutsche Bank's offices raided over greenwashing claims. Are there any countries that regulate the space better than we do here in Australia? The the short answer from my limited knowledge is absolutely. Um, there's there's sort of a, there's a couple of factors that play into that. The first is that we need better climate disclosure laws. And there's some international standards there that Australia is looking to implement. The government has put money towards their implementation. Um, there, There is some debate going on about what final form those take, but the uh, like super funds, ma- major tax organisations, um, everyone's fairly on board that they want to see the International Sustainability Standards Board's guidelines, which is what binds a lot of overseas countries in force here. Um, when, when that happens, there'll be much more scope for regulators to enforce greenwashing because it's um, so it's sort of just how we saw the rise of continuous disclosure laws lead to a lot of cases around, um, well, not necessarily court cases, but a lot of activity around how boards governed their companies. Uh, once there is a law saying you must disclose these environmental concerns, we will start to see that more. The other thing where overseas courts are often better is that a lot more countries overseas have human rights protections than we do in Australia. We don't have federal ones here. Uh, some some states have their own human rights laws, but that's also the prism that we've seen a lot of these cases come through overseas. Um, so that's, that's less regulatory, more litigation, but that is some of those big cases where you, um, where, you know, you hear of kids or even adults suing a company for the effect that their pollution had on them, for example, they often fall under human rights laws. So that's somewhere else where Australia is a bit behind. So that's a bit of a lay of the land around the world with greenwashing and here in Australia. 
But what are some practical things that we as everyday investors can do if we are worried about the environmental claims being made by fund managers or portfolio companies? Well, I suppose the starting point is what I mentioned at the start in that what is environmentally sustainable means different things to different people. So when you're looking for a fund, I think it would be worthwhile to think about what matters most to you in terms of does it matter to you that you're in a fund that doesn't invest in fossil fuels, for example, or do your environmental concerns sit elsewhere? Uh, Do you want a fund that proactively invests in like biodiversity initiatives, for example? So sort of think about what matters and shop around from there in terms of actually holding your fund to account. um, This is general, but there are some things that I think can be beneficial for a start. Look at what they're promising. If, If it's ambiguous, that's often not a good sign. And it's the same that if if they don't publish specifically where they're investing, that can also be a bit of a warning sign. So you should be able to ask your fund for that info. Really, it should be out there already. If, if you're happy with what they promise, then look, look at where their investments are and sort of look at their justification. For example, Australian Ethical avoids investments in the gambling industry, but they also have this calculus they do where they say if a company makes a significant positive impact elsewhere and earns less than 10% of its revenue from gambling, it it may still invest in it. So try and find out what those investments are. And if you're comfortable firstly with what they are and then for the justification, you may want to also look at whether your funds invest in positive things. Because I, I know for me personally, it's I, I don't just want my fund to exclude things I'm not comfortable with. I want it to actively work to support things I do like. This is for young people, this is the most substantial savings pool we have is our super fund. So that can do a lot of sort of talking with my money that my personal finances can't. Then another thing that you can do is just sort of actually look at the return profile and think about does this match what returns others in this space are getting? Like does does it seem comparable or is it probably invested in something a bit different if it's massively above or below what you'd expect? ESG investments often have green screens, so see if it's charging you fees. Yeah, some some really practical things to take away there, Hannah, and things to think about. Thanks so much, Hannah. No worries, thanks. Darcy, I loved Hannah's really practical suggestions at the end of that interview. I think we always forget about the power that our superannuation can have as younger people. You know, it's a significant portion of money that is ours and we can choose where we want to put it. So some really good suggestions from her there. My other burning question is, I know that these are just allegations, but some of the actions from Mercer seem incredibly blatant. They said no fossil fuel investments and yet There were 15 companies from the sector right there in the fund. No alcohol or gambling companies, yet there were 34 across the two sectors. These are one or two slipping through. This is a conscious choice. How did they think they were going to get away with this? Yeah, Sasha, I'm going to avoid putting my foot in it here, but it really is pretty remarkable. I think the answer is that there's been very little auditing of these funds in Australian history, really, and there hasn't really been much danger of being called out until now. This is the first greenwashing case brought forward by ASIC in Australia, but I can almost certainly say it's not going to be the last. Well, let's leave it there for today, Darcy. Lots of things to think about. We'd love to hear from you, so keep the conversation going. Contact us by email. We're thedive at equitymates.com 
or follow us on social media. All those links in the show notes right below. And hit follow or subscribe wherever you're listening right now, and then you'll never miss an episode again. Thank you to everyone who's given us a five-star review. We greatly appreciate it. We read every single one of them, and we're going to be back next week. Darcy, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Sasha. Until next time. You have been listening to an Equity Mates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs, or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. 